0: Welcome to Kick back, with Chris. Kick back With Chris, the Martial Arts Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is where you guys are right now. I hope you're having a great week so far. Uh, welcome to another episode of Kick Back With Chris. Yes, we're back on already. Um, I'm... It's not a New Year's resolution as such, but I'm just trying to get myself a bit more organised this year and um, keeping on top of the near weekly, we're nearly there, the near weekly um, episodes of the show. So, later on today, we are going to be joined by uh, the guest Duncan, who he's actually been a, a bit of a long time contributor to the show. He's uh, been involved with various discussions, sent requests in, um, which is always cool. And um, he's going to be talking to us about something that I will openly admit to having absolutely next to no knowledge on whatsoever, which is um, historical European martial arts training. Now, I think it's fair to say a lot of people will have seen this sort of thing going on before, but might not necessarily have a full appreciation. Or understanding of how it's trained. So yeah, Duncan's going to be coming on uh, to tell me and you guys a little bit about what it is that he does, and those guys with those swords and all the other cool stuff uh, are getting up to. Um, So to start with, as as we try to always do each week, uh, just a quick rundown of news. Now I'm going to try and keep this one quick. Um, I do have a tendency of waffling on a little bit with this, so I'm going to try and keep it quick. It's a balance between. Getting the information out and not talking about it for too long, and it's really difficult. Anyway, we're going to start off with a post from Scott, who Scott's jumped on the podcast promotion group. Thank you for using it to uh, promote his competition. I'm presuming it's his or he's part of the competition. Um, It's listed as the Strongest Steel Championships 2019. It's on Sunday the 3rd of February 2019 um, at the Magna Science and Adventure Centre in Sheffield. Um, it says on here: event hosted by the Kangol Black Belt Academy and Force Fusion Pro Audio. Force Fusion Pro Audio that sounds good. Um, it looks to be a Taekwondo event from the, f- the photos. Um, uh, WTF or uh, WT, as they like to be called now. Um, uh, taekwondo group. So go check that one out there. Now it's listed. Yeah, they're they're having both the patterns and uh, sparring at the event. So if you jump into our podcast uh, martial arts event promotion group. Or um, get in touch with Scott. I think it's cool. It's C-O-U-L-I-E. It might be cool with a silent I-E but anyway, I've spelt it for you, apologies if I've just butchered your surname, Scott, but um, I'm sure you've had it before, to be fair or maybe it's just me, I'm a bit thick um, but yeah, go check that out, uh, the next one up we've got from Antonio's jumped on to let everybody know about the Lordswood Combat Tri-Series 2019, which is the 10th of February well, there's three, so the 10th of February <laughs> hence it being a Tri-Series wow, I'm having a good day today <laughs> so 10th of February, 2nd of June and the 17th of November uh, it says a registration is now on uh, listed in there the disciplines are points mat continuous ring continuous ring K1 light uh, the events will also act as part of the qualifiers for the ICO sorry it's my phone ICO world championships all ring sports are for ICO open Tiles. I'm just reading that as it's listed um, there is a massive website link which I'm not going to try and read because it's huge uh, but yeah if you get in touch with Antonio uh, Santorelli he'll sort that one out for you and then his next post is to thank me for adding him not a problem dude and um, without you guys putting this in the the promotion group i don 't have any news for the podcast. Well, I do, but I have to go and search for it and i 'm it's not that i 'm lazy it 's just it 's easier if it 's in one place okay so the next post is coming from Jenny Mills, who I've just recently reconnected with on Facebook, because isn't that great? Facebook's brilliant. Um, and it's for details on the Anthony Pillage Summoning of the Warriors Memorial Camp 2019, which is going to be taking place between the uh, Friday the... Tw- start again. Friday, July the 19th through to July the 21st. It's uh, looking at it's, uh, like one of these weekend training camps. Um, I'm going to click on the link, which hopefully doesn't mess up my Facebook, because it does that sometimes. Um... Let me see if I can get some details of where it is. I should really have had this printed out before now, shouldn't I? Right, here we go. So, it's the... Ooh, I think it's Polyapes. Polyapes? P-O-L-Y-A-P-E-S. All the spelling going on today. Uh, Scout Camp, Blundell Lane, Stoke... (laughs) Stoke Alban. So, it's D-apostrophe-A-B-E-R-N-O-N-D... D- oh, I'm not even going to try. Coburn, Surrey. These are all these new places I'm learning. It's like a geography lesson. Uh, for full venue information, see... <laughs> I've got to say the place again. www.... Right, I'm just going to spell it out. P o l y a p e s com. Okay. The cost the early bird price is £135 per person. If paid in full by Friday the 31st of May. Late payers, don't be a late payer. Or, or do if it's better for them. I don't know. <laughs> £155 per person. Uh, it's a non ticketed event pay- payment and booking facilities will be available for the 1st of February. Um, there's loads of information on there about what's going to be going on. There is a contact number, um, of 07912 170 I'm, uh, I'm assuming that's for Jenny. Or you can email jenny.mills at gmail.com. Um, I think this is part of the BKKU as well. Uh, anyway, um... Go check it out, obviously, in memory of the awesome, fabulous Mr. Anthony Pillage. Uh, so yeah, get in touch with them, and uh, either with Jenny or, or Kevin, who I'm hoping to have on the show soon, and um, I'm sure they'll be able to help you out with any questions that you might have. Okay, so moving on. Gonna go up to the next one is from Mr. Neil Kirkland, another person who's been on our show before. And it's to let everybody know that on Saturday, the February on Saturday, the February the second, at one thirty PM at Trumpington Sport. I love the name of that place. Every time I get to say that place, Trumpington Sport in Trumpington. Brilliant. And now the Neil's gonna be holding a Sandy Holt seminar. Um actually I was really fortunate to be on Sandy's. Uh gotta say this carefully now. Um how do you say it? is it bang blog podcast pack anyway Sandy's podcast is awesome podcast if you've not met Sandy before or you've not seen his podcast do go check it out because it's really good fun um, Sandy's an awesome guy uh, fantastic martial artist but uh, just a really really cool guy as well uh, so if you're interested in getting involved with that I'm actually going to click on the link now and see what's what uh, so yeah Saturday February 2nd one thirty till 4.30 uh, Trumpington Sport which is brilliant love that um, and is there any more information in there yeah £25 per person a chance to train with a Thai boxing legend uh, Sandy Holt Fully inclusive. That's the important part. Fully inclusive. Yeah. Obviously, those of you... If you've not listened to it, go back and listen to episode... Whichever one it was. It was quite a while back. uh, With Neil Kirkland. And we're discussing inclusivity within the martial arts. It's a good episode. uh, As they all are. But no, go check that one out. Um... And is there any more? There is one more from Mr. Steve Rowe. Um, I believe it's yeah, it's a post just to discuss his uh, Tai Chi coaching program. Uh, it's saying here that it's now open to a book of space. There's only 15 places. So if you're interested in learning or getting involved with uh, a Tai Chi coaching program, if you get in touch with Steve, uh, Mr. Steve Rowe, um, I'm sure you'll be able to help you out. It also lists on here some details of uh, Matt Hood, who was one of the people who was involved last time around. So if you're wanting more information, on how he got on. I'm I'm sure if you get in touch with Matt, he will be able to uh, let you know a little bit more about that. Now, the last one I'm not going to actually talk about. There is actually somebody else posted in the the Podcast Martial Arts Promotion Group um, to actually advertise their own podcast. Um, I think they kind of misunderstood what the point of the group was um that or they were just trying to be blatantly cheeky um but the idea for my martial arts podcast event promotion group is for people to go on there to promote events that i talk about on my podcast not for you to try and sell your podcast to my podcast listeners i'm all up for mutual promotion and all that but you know at least drop me a message first before promoting your podcast in my in my podcast group (laughs) Just kind of common courtesy, isn't it? Um, So, uh, one more. Uh, Actually, this one wasn't scheduled to be mentioned, but uh, it's a little bit of a a, a cool thing that happened for me. And Now, um, I really should... What I need to start doing every episode is having a list of previous episodes with previous guests on, so I could just really professionally sound it, pull out the the number and the, the name of the person and all that sort of thing, which I haven't got, so I need to do that. But... Um, I'm going to say about 10 episodes back we had Mr. Steve Lawson on, uh, film director, producer, um, somebody I've worked with a few times now on various films, Um, and in that interview we actually talked about a movie called The Silencer that I worked on back in the sort of mid-2000s, around sort of 2004, 2005, somewhere around that. Um, and we were talking about the DVD release and all that sort of thing and um, it's actually, it's a really cool one it's just been re-released on Amazon so if you've got an Amazon Prime account or if you've got Amazon and you you know, you know but buy videos on Amazon um, you can go on there, it's a digital download or if you're on Amazon Prime, it's free you already got it, you've paid for it already um, so you go check it out if you, if you look for uh, the silencer I'll actually post a link um, in the progress group and I'll try and get it on the show notes as well um, but you can go. It's it's a great fun movie. Obviously, it's it's low it's low budget independent martial arts feature, um, and obviously it is from back in the sort of mid two thousands. It holds it really well though, I think, and um, you actually get to see Steve in it. Steve plays one of the roles in there as well, so you'll 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 get to see Steve in action. Uh, it, it was directing and starring in um, his own film, which is always pretty cool. Uh, but you also, for a bonus, you get to see a really young sort of twenty four fresh faced me. Um, well, I say fresh, fresh faced, but, um, during that filming, I'd actually got a pretty mad muscle tear in my right leg. Um, and we had to rewrite a load of the scenes that I, I do get to kick about a little bit, including, um, you know, a cool, uh, end fight scene with the lead actor, Glenn Salvage. But, uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I, I wrecked my leg pretty badly early on in that film. And there's a couple of scenes I get to do some acting as well. You get to hear me talk. Um, which was really, really, really scary at the time. But uh, I uh, yeah, I had to do some punching on some bags instead of kicking them. Uh, but yeah, you can go check that out. And another cool little, little inside tidbit for you. Um, there's a scene where I'm in a gym training. Was a meetings going? On. That's actually my old martial arts studio that I used to have. Um, that is now just a big, damp, empty shell um, since we moved out five years ago. So you get to see what it used to look like. Um, So that's cool, a little bit of history. Um, So we're going to move on now to our interview with Duncan. Um, I've not recorded this one yet. In fact, I'm about to in about 20 minutes. So you're going to be on a learning journey with me with this one, I would guess, um, unless you're already an expert or unless you're one of Duncan's friends who's checking this podcast out because he's posted it and you're already doing this. So you'll get to hear me learning um, about historical, European martial arts and everything involved um, so enjoy and I'll speak to you after
1: enjoy our podcast please remember to subscribe rate and review kickback with Chris on iTunes today
0: okay so joining me on the line now we have uh, Duncan McAvoy I've got that right haven't I you yeah, have yes fantastic correct. I've been practicing <laughs> for a <few laughs> <Good minutes. month>. <laughs> <laughs> now um, for those that have been listening to the show Duncan's actually uh, chipped in a few times with the, their episodes with some ideas and some feedback and stuff so thank you for that no problem. It's appreciated. Um, and today is going to be a bit of a bit of a cool learning journey for me because I will open I admit to knowing next to absolutely nothing about the subject that we're going to be talking about, which is going to be, and i see if I can get this right as well, um, historical European martial arts. Is that right? Correct. Fantastic. Um, so, as I say, yeah. Other than the little bits of videos and things that I've seen on Facebook and social media, and obviously in, in films and things as well, um, this is a subject that's that's completely new to me. So, um, perhaps we could start with uh, how did you get into this? Um, basically, it's one of these damn things.
1: Uh, ever since I was a kid, I think most most of us watch old films like Crimson Pirate which is my favourite or Scaramouche and all that with all the old sword fights in thinking oh, I'd love to do, to do that um, and then over the years done a bit of archery played rugby and stuff It's not really relevant except that you learn how to get beat, beaten up a lot <laughs> um, um, but always in the back of my head I always wanted to know how to do not just primarily sword fighting because swords are the cool weapon that everyone likes but weapon fighting in general as you see in the films well how it was actually done rather than what you see in films you, kn- you know films are our four films, their choreography, they're there to tell a story. I enjoy them. Um, You know, it's not historically correct, but that's not what it's there for. Um, So over the years, done different martial arts, tried a bit of fencing, tried a bit of kendo, which are all good, but they're sports, they're primarily sports, and that's not what I was interested in. And then in the year, was the year 2000, I went over to the Royal Armies to watch a demonstration of basically samurai horseback archery from the the guys from the Tokugawa Shrine in Japan. Um, so a gang of us went, went over there. Uh, when we got there, a friend of mine was in a wheelchair, so we were sorting him out and going in. And I got a phone call from one of the guys who'd already gone in and said, Don't you need to get in here now. And I was like, well, okay. He went, no, get in here. As soon as you get in, there's a hall coming to it. Walking walked into the hall, and there's a load of people all fighting with swords. And I'm like, wow. I didn't realise, just by pure luck, it was the inaugural meeting of the... European Historical Combat Guild that used, that used to be and still is based in the Royal Armies in Leeds.
0: Sure.
1: Um, so I seen this old guy with a white beard who looked like the guy in charge, so I went up and started talking to him. And that's how I got into it. and then spent a few years going over to the Royal Armies at least once a week, sometimes twice, to learn from them. And then eventually he said, no, you're fine, you're good
0: enough, you can start your own group if you want to. And I went on from there. Fantastic. Well, the old guy with the white beard is always in charge of martial arts, isn't it? That's that's, that's <laughs> John <laughs> that's a, Waller. John Waller, his name was. He okay. only passed away last last year. But he's an amazing, amazing fighter. Amazing guy. Cool. Um, so, um, with regards to obviously this this sector, what should we say, or this side of uh, martial arts and combat, uh, I'm, from what I've looked into it, it it's just as diverse as. It's, it's difficult this isn't it because I don't want to say traditional martial arts because this is traditional martial arts but I suppose mm-hmm. people for a lot of people when they hear martial arts they think of karate geese karate, yeah. and black belts yeah. Um, but obviously with with that obviously with that side, obviously you know you have your stand up, you have your, your, your grappling, you have your hard style, your soft style, and I'm I'm presuming with with this side of things as well, there is a wide variety. It's not obviously just sword work. There are a lot of other things. So, could you tell us a little bit about the diversity of the the, the system as a as a whole? My
1: God, yeah, <laughs> it's as diverse or not. Basically, yeah, it's, Europe had as rich and as diverse a martial culture as the Eastern nations did as almost every culture does okay. but with europe because european history is littered with basically europeans fighting each other or then going to other countries and fighting fighting them sure. there was, um, there's um there's a huge amount of martial arts the trouble with the european mindset is that well basically as gunpowder and guns got better all this stuff practically mm. died 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 out and in some cultures like japan like china korea etc they keep these traditions going we didn't um So this was a a way of looking at old history books, old treaties, anything we could get hold of that talked about um, the fighting arts and styles throughout history and trying to recreate them. So obviously within that, yeah, you've got weapons, you've got hand-to-hand, wrestling is obviously huge. There's lots of different wrestling styles from all different ages. So you've got lots of different styles from... You probably I mean there's guys there's very little from sort of ancient Greece ancient Rome things like that but there's still guys trying to recreate what they can from those from those areas okay. and then as, as 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 you come more towards the modern day there's more and more information you can get hold hold of so right up to you've got guys looking at sort of um, sabre manual saber, military sabre manuals from the 1800s so it's also it's as diverse as that you're wow. certain, a couple of thousand years worth. Now, most focus is probably from the medieval period up to the modern, up to the modern day.
0: Wow, so that's okay. That's
1: where we—that's where we get. That's where you start getting a decent amount of inf- information.
0: So there's some people. All oh right, I didn't realise. So there's some people who are actually, you know, putting a lot of effort into trying to um, obviously recreate systems that are no longer that no longer exists, that records on are quite difficult to get hold of. I didn't realise that.
1: Very difficult. And almost all these systems don't have a lin- lineage. They died, they, died, they died out. None, mm-hmm. of, them, none of them have a, a sort of lineage that goes all the way through, which can be a blessing and a curse. It's a curse because it makes it really difficult to try and figure out well, what they actually did yeah. um, and how they actually did it. But the, the opposite side is that we don't have a lot of opinion. So, because there's not that direct lineage, there's not a lot of masters or teachers in between who've put their own sort of slant on it. Mm. Uh, that's okay, because we're doing that now. <laughs> but you've got to, because there's only so much information you can actually get. I always equate it to a lot of these sort of medieval stuff. It would be like, say someone gave you, you, you know nothing about Shakespeare whatsoever, and someone gave you a small book of crib sheets that like, a student would have used for exam practice, Mm. And you're trying to recreate the complete works of Shakespeare from that. Yeah. That's the sort of. That
0: was trying to actually do. Okay, so I'm presuming with this as well, there are various levels that people can can train in, so like, obviously you've Kumite or you've got point sparring, you've got light continuous, you've got full contact with regards to the combat systems that people are probably familiar with. Is it the same with this? Is there different levels at which people can get into it? Um, You know, just somebody who's sort of a casual um, participant right the way through to people that are, you know, really full-on smashing each other with this?
1: Absolutely. Um, there's there's guys who approach this from a very academic point of view, mm. so what they're primarily interested in is the historical research um, and then trying to interpret that but may not be so into basically beating each other up. Mm. Um, you then get all the way through to guys like me who mostly enjoy just fighting people. <laughs> people. Um, and there's different approaches. There's like some guys who absolutely stick to the historical research. There's guys like me who try to interpret and extrapolate and work with other martial arts to try and see what fits in and what what, what actually doesn't. Basically, whatever way you'd like to approach this, you could do it from an almost non-physical way to an incredibly physical way.
0: Mm. I mean, that must be must be tricky because it's not like you can just pop online to your favourite martial arts supplier and buy yourself a suit of armour and a broadsword so i mean how do you how you do you come about the the equipment and you and... can now oh right okay <laughs> you couldn't when i started 20
1: years ago when i started it was very i mean to, to be fair what i started with was a few mop poles. Mm. <laughs> that, was, that was it um um. now there's no there's good supplies out there there's a good friend of mine who runs a company called the night shop and okay. um, they do a lot of reenactment stuff and a lot of um sort of what we call wall hanger stuff it looks pretty but he also has a What's he called a hema shop where he actually develops and makes his own brands of practice weapons um armor when we say armor it's modern pattern we're not actually buying full suits of armor because they're really expensive sure <laughs> so we used it uh, there's actually whole there's whole and there's companies all over the place there's black Fencer, there's neyman who produce many jackets and so on for people to use. Okay. There's a lot of companies out out there now. I say in the past ten years or so, there's a lot of them that have really come come up, and there's an awful lot of good equipment, uh, which again, which allows you to do to buy historically accurate swords or more sort of modern polyurethane training swords. Right. Um, so there's everything out there, but yeah, it's 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 becoming more now. But if you start looking, you probably once you find one of these supplies you'll probably find the rest sure so.
0: sure so is there an active competition scene as well within the
1: yeah yeah there is very very much so um more and more getting bigger there's uh there's fight camp which is in this country is probably the biggest one in this country There's Swordfish, which is over in sweden i think which is massive now uh, in america there's a lot of comp- competitions uh, and again the competition side of thing is different to a lot of the historical reenactment is the word reenactment because not reenactors but Mm. The historical re- research, um, there's lots of crossover, obviously. But like anything, if you want to train for a competition, then probably some of the historical ac- accuracy has to go by the wayside because it's yeah. well, basically because it's, it's very, very dangerous. Oh, yeah. um, and it, it's all good. The competitions are fantastic. That sounds like I'm really down on comps. I'm, I'm not the fan. They're really, really good, and it's a good way to actually test what you've actually yeah. what what you've actually learned. So.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, f- forgive me again, forgive my lack of knowledge, with, with regards to some of the, these sort of competitions, are they multi-skilled or do people tend to go in with a, a focus on one particular weapon type or, you know, do people cross-compete, do different things? They do. I mean, they're mostly what they'll do is is pair like like-for-like. So, right. you'll have a long-sword
1: long competition, you might have a steel long-sword competition, you'll have a sabre competition, have a back-sword com- com- competition. Some guys uh, do allow mixed so you basically have to choose whatever weapon you want you want to use within reason. You can't use like a great big pike against the guy with like a dagger. <laughs> so yeah. That's just not fair. Um, uh, I'm in the process of developing my own sort of version of a competition, which will be very mixed uh, with different types of rules, but.
0: It's still early on, so I'm not going to shout about it yet. <laughs> no, no, no. I appreciate sure that, but you can come back on when it's ready. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So um, I'm right in thinking that you have a you have a school as well um, that you teaching. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Can you tell us a little yep. bit about it when it started? And...
1: Um, as I said, probably I started a group in about 2005. Uh, I've changed groups and changed names and stuff because very much a learning process. Remember, one of the problems with not having a historical lineage is that a lot of us guys who started reasonably early on i've gone down a lot of blind alleys and mm-hmm. got a lot of things wrong um so at the moment my group a group run a group called hema called hema concepts and that was just to give to tell people that it's you know i am a hema group but i also do branch out and sure. get information outside of hema so only to bring it back in i don't actually pretend to like you know teach jujitsu or anything, like, anything like, like that but I've i've got a good number of friends now who are martial arts teaching different martial arts and I, I use them to test my ideas and also to grab ideas from from them. Uh, we're sort of based in we actually train in St Helens, but it's the Liver Liverpool area. Sure. Um, and yeah, instead of being instead of being running it in one form or another since about two thousand five.
0: Fantastic. So I'm assuming that with the, the advent of the internet and then social media, it's allowed you guys to sort of connect up and, and sort of build a well, I would assume a worldwide network.
1: There is, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Social media has being a godsend, mm. To be honest with you, They're swapping of information and also just um, it helps you not go down so many blind 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 alleys these these days. And also, if you've got an idea, you can quickly throw it out there and see if anyone else can re- recreate it or test it or. Just say that like, you're
0: talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> uh, which happens a lot. <laughs> really in the martial arts nonsense. That, never. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> I love it. So I would imagine that over the last sort of um sort of Five to eight years, or so it's This has really grown, and obviously now with Facebook and, and other social media platforms, it's. I would imagine it's really exploded. You know, and, and, and... I'd
1: say in the past, yeah, in the past ten ten years, it's really, uh, yeah, say the past five six seven years, it really seems to be exploding. Now there's groups popping up all over the place. Uh, when I first started, pretty much knew everyone in the UK who was even interested in in this. Uh, knew a lot of the guys in America and stuff as well. Um, but now there's so many groups out there. I don't know where half of them are
0: yeah yeah so i mean somebody that's listening to this now like me i'm i it's, it's caught my attention uh someone is listening in that wanted to get into this what would be the best best route to take
1: in this country go on facebook and look for uk he- hema we put together a, a hema group a gang, a gang of us called uk hema and everyone in the uk who tends to run a group or an involvement group ends up on there in some form mm. so i'd go there and just put a shout out and, tell people where where you are and ask whether there's any groups within your area and um, there almost certainly will be
0: fantastic well i'm i'm yeah i'm, I'm loving learning all about this so what's what's the <laughs> what's the future then do you think for the for for the, well, the industry i suppose that is the right phrase or um this this sector of, of training what what do you think is the next stage
1: well oh, from um for, I think it's just firstly we need to continue the way we're, the way we're actually going. As I said there's a lot of research out there and there's a lot of ideas that change all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So that side of it is just to keep us going. The competitions, um, I think will just grow from strength from strength to strength. And for me, it's all about now being able to pool the information. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of good inf- information, mm. and obviously it's been very ad hoc, as in people talking to each other. Um. So for me, the next stage would probably the idea of a sort of governing body is one that we very, very much push back on. Not many people want it. In the States, there's a group called the HEMA Alliance that a lot of groups have sort of bandied themselves under. Mm. Um, but even there, it's it's a very loose idea. There's, they don't actually dictate rules and stuff onto people. Sure. They just help help each other out. So for me, it doesn't grow in the community in that form. and uh, Things can be a bit more formal, but
0: because I'm an old hand i don't want it to be too formal <laughs> yeah sure 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 so i mean I, I would imagine again coming back to the social media thing being able to promote the videos um and, and getting information out there because it, it it does look it looks like great fun and it and again it, as i said, said earlier it, it to me it seems like there are there are lots of levels that people can come in at you know so they don't well, have to think oh man they're gonna someone's gonna trash me with a mace or a big metal sword you know as you say there are practice weapons and 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 other options as well there are and anyone who's
1: of uh, any decent sort of person you 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 would start slow slowly you're not going to throw someone in the deep deep end it is weapons at the end of the day and some of these are big and it matter how safe you want to be um i mean i have one of my main training partners i broke his hand twice he's broke mine once um so, so I'm 2-1 up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it can get quite dangerous. But saying that as well, I said I played rugby for years yeah. and I got hurt way more playing yeah. rugby than I ever have doing doing this. Um, it's just one of these things. Need to. Be, is it, what you've got to remember is that if you're really trying to recreate the fight systems as they were back then, the guys back then, They weren't doing this for competition. They weren't doing it to score points. They were doing this to do two. We always say everybody has two. There's two rules that every group must actually follow when you're actually training. Mm. Your, your, Your priorities are don't get hit and hit the other person in that order. Sure. Because when you're dealing with these weapons, if you get hit even once, there's a good chance that's it games 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 over now obviously then armor developed and so on to to sort of mitigate that to a certain extent but they still generally everybody that we know of all the old fight masters and that would still agree that your priority is make sure you don't get hit and make sure you can hit them um and that's why i go around i've worked with uh, a jiu-jitsu instructors sambo instructors karate my job takes me to a few different countries so i've worked with guys in israel and the u the us different martial arts who have let me join their groups, let me just get into the basics of what they do, and then I can use that to try and bring it back into HEMA to see, okay, well, let's see what actually fits in.
0: Excellent. So, I mean, is just, just thinking about this as you were explaining then, um, do you find that there's a lot of... Um, crossover, overlap in, in concepts and approaches between the various weapon systems, say, um, from Japan and, and then obviously through to, to, to the UK. Do do you see a blending and a, and a crossover of, of some of the ideas? Absolutely. Right.
1: Um, totally. Uh, but I've, I've been at this, this is the way I've trained, and my, this is one of my main opinions all the way through. The, the The general principles and ideologies, like the principles, the body mechanics and all that, is pretty much universal. So the general principles of how to fight with these weapons is the same whether you've got a katana, whether you've got a long sword, whether you've got a backsword. What changes is the mechanics of the weapon or the armor, the way it's designed, the way it's built, will then give you options. Mm. So one of, my, one of my old teachers, um, a mentor still now, Steve Tappan from A Screamer Concepts, he always said, the general principles will be pretty much the same, but the mechanics of what you're using will then dictate what you can and can't do. So, if I'm doing empty hand, obviously things like wrestling, boxing, strikes, mm. that sort of thing. You see, I've worked with, I've looked at some of the Germanic wrestling texts, and I've worked with, the sambo wrestling guys and jujitsu guys, and the number of times they just look at these old texts and go, yeah, we, we, we do that, we do that, yeah, that's the same. Wow. Um, and then you look at the sword techniques, so there's things like, um, God, there's Mustachi's Book of Five Rings, there's ideas he put forward there that there's a Germanic guy from the 15th century called Talhoffer, so he's roughly about the same time They never would have met but he was roughly about the same time and they're basically saying the same thing sure yeah
0: because obviously there's a limited number of ways the human body can move so it's it's they're going to be there's going to be now you're thinking about it there's going to be some some crossover that's really fascinating has is, is anybody oh. ever attempted just to, out of just interest just to mm-hmm. uh, say well okay this is how I train with my sword you train this is how you train with that sword let's have a go and see what happens just yeah <laughs> oh, wow. I've, done, I've, I've done that yeah excellent <laughs> and what did happen it, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: it depends who you who you who you're training with. Because at the end of the day, sure. when you see some of these YouTube videos and it says like uh, Hema versus Kendo, and you know what? It's not. It's that guy versus that that, that it, guy. Just let, the same let, as let any martial
0: arts system. It's like when yeah. you see somebody will post uh, Muay Thai versus Taekwondo versus Karate versus this. It's the it's the person, mm. not the art, so to speak. Yeah, got you. yeah, yeah, makes sense. But what I've found is it depends the Ken
1: more of the sort. And I'm no expert on the on these side of things, but the more Kenjutsu side of guys. They're a bit more free roaming. Obviously, Kendo being more like, as far as I understand it, akin to fencing, so it's a bit more rigid. Mm. Um, They tend to fight very linear, um, which is great for us because we fight (laughs) step a (laughs) lot. So uh, that works works well. But again, once you sort of settle down, so there tends to be, when I've done it, I've done it a few times, and you tend to be either one or the other tends to have a little bit of an advantage until... You, you go with each other for a few times, everything settles down, then it all sort of equals itself out. And what I've found is eventually everyone tends to sort of do roughly the same thing. Yeah. It just depends on who's quicker, who's better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to say that about uh, footwork, you know, because um, actually A.D. Quinn who used to say, you know, your footwork, consider your footwork your delivery system. And, and I've noticed, especially with, the, like you say, with fencing as well, that some of the footwork, you see very similar footwork in some martial arts systems as well, um, hand-to-hand systems as opposed to the weapon system. So, again, so I would imagine, like you were mentioned there, with a the sidestep, and there's a lot of similarities in the way that they're moving around. Really interesting, love it. Absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah. The footwork, especially, yeah, it's very, very sim- similar. Very. very now, I'm studying. I'm studying an English guy at the moment called George Silver who's got a bit of a weird reputation, um, but one of his main precepts, and of, he's got a list of sort of. Basic principles and basic ideas of how to fight in general. Then it goes into specifics of different weapons and different things. His general principles are amazing. And um, now I fully understand them. I'm now looking back at everything from Hema guys to street fight videos. And what I found is what he was explaining in the late 1500s. Every good fighter I've watched so far, even today, does what he says.
0: Right. It doesn't
1: matter what you're doing. I've seen street, even street fight guys, as someone who's really, who's really, really good at good at good at it. And if you, if you understand the principles he's talking about, I've watched them, and it's there. Um, so yeah, so the, in that way, it's really good to see that a guy in the late 1500s was teaching basic fight principles, which still actually you can see today. Wow.
0: Interesting, interesting. So, um anybody that's listening in that wants to get in touch with you or are interested in coming along to your your classes, what what would be the best way to get in touch? Best way, if you go on, if you can get onto Facebook and just look for Hema
1: Concepts, you'll find me. I also have another Facebook group called Practical Hema because hmm. I'm I'm very much on the sort of I like to be a very very practical side of things. I'm really glad there's a lot of academic guys out there because I'm not great at that, so I sort of. Basically, steal all their ideas, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, we sort of swap ideas and stuff. Uh, so yeah, Hema concepts so or practical Hema, Hema, and you can you can get through to me from from there.
0: Fantastic. And there are any are there any events or anything coming up that people could perhaps come along to see or get involved with, just to get an idea of what this is all about?
1: Yeah, there's um, there's an event called Kings of the North, which again, if you put that into Google, you'll find it, which I'm teaching at in March. Okay. There's the Friendly Bunch of Martial Arts Camp, which I'm teaching at as well. I think you're going to be there as well. I'll be able to come and
0: join in for that then. Brilliant. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah. You've got to come in. Yeah. I've got, I've got a friend who's a Taekwondo teacher, and he's, he's come over a few, few times and done a bit of sword work and weapon work and stuff, and that was... I won't explain why because I'm gonna to wait to see what you actually do. But at one point it was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not gonna explain why. I'll, I'll actually
0: I'll wait till you till you till you try it. I'm
1: feeling like um, I'm being
0: set up a little bit here now. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. That's yeah, all good. I'm game for a laugh. It's all good. It was
1: good. Well, yeah. So I teased them and I said there's a guy. There's an event called a uh, fight camp which is run by a bloke called Matt Easton who runs um, School of Gladiatoria. Um, I won't be at fight camp this year, but it's. It's a big event. You might not be able to get tickets for it now, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, but it's still worth looking at.
0: Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really game for this. So I'm as a kid. Um, I used to make my mum do sword fighting mum if you're listening I used to make my mum do sword fighting <laughs> in, in the living room with the old cartoon series that used to be on that dog tiny injured. of course you uh, yep. Everybody uh, yeah, i yeah. I <laughs> loved that and i used to, <laughs> I used to force my mum to to sword fight with anything it, it could be a it would be a wooden ruler or anything I could get hold of and i think I think it 's something that all boys and girls do at some point you know they put something in the hand. And they just instinctively do the sword fighting without even... Uh, it's like it's hardwired
1: my, into our genetics. My daughter does it now. My daughter's she's now 10 years old, but every time we walk into a shop and there's say like a toy lightsaber, yeah. she'll pick it up and start actually attacking me with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kids attacking us everywhere. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for your time. That half an hour has absolutely flown by, and I'm sure. I, well, look, if nobody else has enjoyed listening to this, I really enjoyed this conversation. Now, joking <laughs> aside, I think people will have loved it. It's it's a different side to the martial arts that you know, and it's, it's what this show's all about promoting it. So, um, again, thank you very what much. Well, I was
1: just going to say. Go what I'd just like to say is that if anyone who does, I've worked with lots of different martial arts groups, and what, I said, what you said before, there's a lot of crossover, and what I found with. Uh, the good HEMA schools and the good HEMA teachers, which most of them are at the moment. Um, if you study another martial art, I would really re- recommend trying to get to a HEMA school even just a few times, especially if you're going to branch out into, into the area of weapons. Sure. Um, the HEMA guys out there understand weapons really, really well. Mm. And I said there's been a lot of crossover, and I've done work with other martial arts groups. And I've learned a lot from them on the sort of hand to hand stuff, and they've learned a lot from me on the weapon, on the weapon side. So I would Brilliant. really recommend cross train guys because it's Really, very really useful.
0: Brilliant. Well, thanks, um, thanks a lot for your time and thanks for sharing your expertise. It's been very, very enlightening, and I am now really excited about the prospect of being able to hit people with weapons. Sounds great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right, thanks again, sir, and we'll catch catch up and, soon. Thanks, Chris.
1: You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the Martial Arts Podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk.
0: So guys, yeah, that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Big thanks to Duncan for his time coming on and sharing his knowledge. Um, it's always good to learn something new. That was a new experience for me. As I say, I've seen people doing things before, um, but I never actually really considered it as being sort of a martial art. But obviously it is, you know, so historical European martial arts. Um, I have a feeling that the, the the subject as a whole is a lot deeper and a lot bigger than we were able to discuss in that half an hour. Um, but certainly it 's caught my interest as i 'm sure it has probably some of you guys out there, so um, go visit the links Duncan mentioned and um, check it out, and uh, get learning so now it 's that time in the show where we get to speak to Matt in his weekly match chat. obviously we didn 't have one last week um that was that was my fault i 'll hold my hand up on that one. I got talking to Andy C for a little bit too long actually on that we 're going to come back to Andy in a few minutes, so what we 're going to do now is going to cross over to Matt. Let's get some learning, get those pens and papers ready, take those notes, and I'll speak to you after that. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe. Rate and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. Okay, guys, it's that time again in the week. It's time to join Matthew Chapman for our weekly matchup. How is it going, sir?
2: Very good. It's snowing here, unfortunately. Is it? It's
0: glorious sunshine here.
2: Uh, Really? (laughs)
0: Screw you and your weather. (laughs) Oh, damn it.
2: It's all gone wrong in the new year.
0: Oh, dear me. Uh, So how how are you going? How's things going, sir?
2: Yeah, very good. Um, Working with a lot of instructors right now on various things, trying to help people with their websites, because uh, I think a lot of instructors kind of throw up a website without actually thinking about what it really needs to convert people and then kind of wonder why they don't get much back from their website so i've been doing a lot of sort of done in a days with various instructors just helping them build better websites
0: you mean those animated kicking gifs don't work
2: yeah and all of that yeah <laughs> and like a website a home page that's got eight thousand different things on it things like <laughs> hello oh i lost you there for
0: a second go on you still oh, there? Go on. Yeah,
2: so that type of thing, you know, where the website is overly complex, too confusing, not structured well, um, tells them literally everything they need to know in their first year of training, just just too much. So I've been helping them simplify and, and make more effective websites.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Um... I mean i I was guilty of it, in fact, still am to a, to a certain degree, you know, having a little bit too much on the website, you know, an about a section that literally goes back to when I was at primary school yeah. um, <laughs> you know, my favorite my favorite food is uh on toast and all this sort of stuff, you know a little bit the sort of stuff that people don't really care about
2: that's right, yeah,
0: you know little little Jimmy's mum doesn't really care how many uh, competitions I won. <laughs>
2: No, that's the whole thing, and that's why I often say to instructors, just take off that page because it's literally pointless. Replace it with testimonials, video, written, and testimonials so that people actually find out what other people have said about you, not just Absolutely. how wonderful we all are.
0: I think a lot. I think if people, you know, if instructors are honest, and you know, I'll be straight up honest here as well. When I first launched my website, um, a lot of the time I was building it with competition in mind, or perceived yeah. competition in mind. Uh, yeah. What will the, what will the school up the road think? You know, yeah. but they're not the people that really want to be. I, I don't care if they go on my website, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, and they're only going to check it once and then
2: never go back. So it's just you know pointless, really, yeah, just, isn't it? Just
0: clicking every page, going, oh, oh, yeah. look at this, <laughs> oh, look at this, and then they'll go on to contact us and then send you a funny message with the fake email address. Yeah, yes, it's so much fun, isn't it? Not that I do that, just just for the record. Of oh, course, cool. yeah. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, um, so you say you've been working with people to improve simplify um get their websites to sort of get to the point as it were
2: yeah it, it's just you know a website is one of your main sources of inquiries or it should be you know people go on google they search for your martial arts school in your local area they go to your website so if your website is badly designed and and doesn't work well on mobile for example and just doesn't look professional yeah. people just click off and go to your competitors so you're going to be losing out so like you have to be able to take an objective look at your website especially if you built it yourself it's like your little baby and you don't take criticism very well of it so you know um you need to look at it objectively like someone who's never done martial arts ever before mm,
0: absolutely um, again i've done that built my own website before it's um you know, we do, we do, we take it to heart a little bit, don't we? It's, yeah. it's like a little personal project, you know. Um, yes, that's right. Uh, one of the things that I learned, you know, uh, more, when I want to say more recently, sort of the recent years, is um, to build it and then send it to, I, the first thing I do is I send it to somebody that doesn't do martial arts at all. Yeah. I say, can you, yeah, look at this. Can you, does it make sense? Um, yeah. Can you give me some honest feedback and yeah, um, yeah. That, that, I found that's a, that's a good way to do it. Um, now, nowadays, it's, it's generally my wife because she doesn't care about martial arts one bit. Yeah. <laughs> she just sees it as that thing that means I'm always late back every evening, <laughs> yes. or or, in, or injured, <laughs> or injured,
2: or away from home. Yeah, yeah. it's all good, isn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah. So I said, well, you you can. I've changed this. Will you have a look? You know, um, works well for me. <laughs> Hello? Oh, you sorry. Now we had another dip there. I'm going to have a lot oh. of editing to do on this one. This is going to be fun. <laughs> sorry. It's all right. Don't worry. It's probably the internet connection at this end. It's, it's been as ropey as can be, but hey, you can't. What can you do about it? Um, so, you know, what. Uh, other than obviously what we've discussed, what sort of advice would you have to people, you know, um, may, I mean, obviously this might cover both ends, but, you know, people that are, already have an established website and people that might be looking to create a new one.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you've got an, a, an established website, that what you did with your friend and your wife is perfect. It's called a usability test. So you ask someone who's actually not interested in martial arts at all and someone who will give you honest advice. So probably not a student or something like that. Someone who will be honest with you mm-hmm. and just say, look, have a look at this. Does it look clean, professional? Is it easy to use? Can you find my contact information? Can you find the kids classes? Can you find the timetable? What do you think? Do you enjoy using it? and and just get some honest feedback from someone who's not a martial artist and, you know, not obsessed like we are. Mm-hmm. And you'll get loads of things back from them. They'll say, no, I can't find your contact information and the text is too small and you haven't got any pictures and it looks a bit boring. It's, that's one of the best things you can do for your website.
0: Awesome. 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 So, and speaking uh, of websites, on, by the way,
2: uh, what I wanted to talk to you today was about the fact that we kind of, as martial artists, got a little bit lazy with our marketing efforts. Okay. <laughs> Not you, personally, Chris. You don't need to.
0: I was sliding down the back of my chair there, like... Oh, yeah. oh no, teacher's telling us off. Because <laughs>
2: uh, with the advent of Google and websites and Facebook and all the social media, it's kind of got kind of easy for us to just put some stuff out there on social media, spend some money on some ads. And we've kind of almost forgotten the basics of sort of marketing in the local community. That's not to say you shouldn't do those things. And obviously I did all of those things, but you remember 20 years ago how we found students, right? Yes. Yes. So it was by grafting and hustling and and getting them one at a time.
0: Lots of of walking,
2: lots of
0: printing uh, yes. lots of guillotine work yes <laughs> blue tape. yes uh, yeah am i hitting the to, right things yeah. into little
2: shops and putting your, your little flyer up in the window
0: yeah, 50p for a week and all that that's right that's right yeah and
2: going to schools and doing demos and going to open days and doing demos and getting out in the community and and i think we still need to do that because it's still ridiculously effective yeah
0: well it was, obviously we it wouldn't we wouldn't have been doing it otherwise in the first place yes. but no I, I agree with you I mean you know the, the prospect of being able to chuck 50 quid on a Facebook ad versus getting my shoes on and going for a walk <laughs> you know, you, can, you can see why people you know would 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 take that but I think I I think everybody's doing it now you know yes. I, I I go and log on to my Facebook for my 5 minute sort of flick through Facebook in the morning and the yeah. amount of other schools in my area that are running targeted adverts that are obviously yes. within my age range demographic. Yes. Um, it does make me think, you know, um, should I be perhaps looking at the options that they're perhaps not going for? So,
2: Yes, yeah, exactly. So if you think you, you don't fancy going out in the rain and doing some flowering or whatever it requires, <laughs> most of your instructors out there are not doing that either, which gives you an advantage okay. because they won't be doing it. And people are so... Inundated on the web and the net now with ads and and all of this coming at them, that if you just put a flyer through someone's door, it it, it tends to get a bit more traction nowadays, which is weird, you know, because in the old days when you went um, stopped flying because we could use the internet, now it's gone the other way. That um I have a student who uh, has set up a school and she does a lot of Facebook stuff and she's getting traction on it but when she does flyers she gets far more inquiries and far more signups which is really odd so it might be that the it's kind of shifting the other way a little bit
0: yeah that's that what's actually really interesting i've just when we were just having this chat now i've just realized I, I you know we all do it you know the the leaflet comes through the door from that other local school and you're like oh but what they're doing giving what they're doing putting that through my door you know like the yeah. leaflet like the leaflet person even knows actually New, house, yeah. do you know what i mean but <laughs> I can't actually remember the last time I got a but little you, bit from a martial arts school.
2: Oh, right, yes. You so know, imagine you're the only one doing that in your local area. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're actually, and then you're backing it up with the Facebook stuff as well. So they see you on the Facebook community posts, you know, and they see your Facebook ad and they get a flyer through the door with a special, you know, offer. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite powerful. You're hitting them from different different sites
0: all those people that have never done facebook adverts they'll all be sat there really smug now going see
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they missed out on all the other extra students because yeah. facebook marketing works google Absolutely. marketing works but so does old school marketing going around handing out flyers having conversations with people sticking your business card in costas that stuff still works and we shouldn't just not do it i think it in fact gives us a little bit of an edge and is more effective nowadays.
0: Brilliant, cool. So um, uh, away from this side of things, was also we, I actually discussed this on. I think it was it was our last episode or the episode before. I'm actually working through your level one MIT Master um, instructional series at the minute, which I'm having great fun doing. Um I'm cool. not sp- I don't think I've spoken to you about this one yet, um, but now I'm working through it with one of my assistant instructors. There, I'm I'm, I'm making them be the students as it were. Um, yeah, it's going well. It's going. good Um,
2: i'm glad are you you finding it uh different challenging interesting
0: well yeah because you know i've um been working the way that i work now for 20 years you know the, the, the drills that i've done you know i've done for 20 years so it's engaging in the sense that it's getting me to think different things you know i'm already i've already picked up several um Different approaches, actually, I would say better approaches in some respects to holding the pads and the way I work with the students. So it's definitely proving worthwhile.
2: Yeah, I mean, the problem with uh, uh, instructors like me and you is uh, we've been doing it such a long time that we don't really get to learn new things, new ideas, new ways of doing things now because we've just been doing it so long, haven't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And uh sometimes to just keep it fresh for yourself as well, just investigating a different way of doing things or, or checking out a different style or a different method of presentation like sparks your creativity and gets you all fired up and excited again, and obviously an excited instructor yeah. is a better instructor yeah ex- so, I mean,
0: absolutely I mean one of the biggest problems that i've had um and I know you know i i'm guilty of saying this all the time like if if you want to do something, you make time for it, but um the problem that i've got is that to it's not just a case of making time. It's the travel involved as well. And uh, you know, a lot of the times, by the time I've dropped the kids off at school um, mm. and then I've come in and I've done a little bit of admin work or I've even spoken to somebody else about doing the admin work, I don't have time to go off and train out of the area and get back in time for classes later no. and even all the school runs. So the, the fact that I can do this online yes as helps tr- cuz I, I it's not it's not for the not for lack of wanting to do something and learn new things it's just the logistics of it as a full-time instructor the way i run my school which yes. you know i need to work on myself I, I admit to that i you know i'm still very you know wearing all the hats to to a certain degree but yeah that's how it is now so you know the fact that i could do this online has been fantastic yeah
2: well it's a convenient isn't it and it's just it just makes life easier you can just do it whenever you like study the drills work them with your students uh and then you know you, you find a, a little variation that's a little bit different you then test it out in class you get to drill it they get to drill it you see what sort of response you get it's good enough.
0: yeah so hopefully uh this time 2025 i'll have finished it <laughs> and <laughs> No. It shouldn't take you that long. Most no, 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 right. no, 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 I'm getting on. I'm doing it. I'm actually doing it properly. You know, I'm. Good. I'll up. keep nagging you until you complete it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Watch this space, guys. All right, guys. So, uh, thanks again, Matt, for your time. Have you uh, anything cool coming up this week, or anything you want to share before you head off?
2: Uh, I'm just running around the country, um slapping instructors around the head and telling them to sort their web out websites out mainly that is my current job
0: so if you feel a slap on the back of your head time in the coming weeks then you know, it'll, <laughs> it'll be <is>. me <laughs> brilliant right, I'll
2: website brilliant.
0: Out. yeah <laughs> all right matt well thanks for your time as always and uh, we'll catch up next week thank you mate bye
1: you're listening to kick back with chris the martial arts podcast brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk
0: Thanks again, Matt. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Good learning experience as always. So, uh, just before we cut away to Matt's section, I actually mentioned, um, my previous interview in the last show with Mr. Andy Crittenden over in Doncaster. Now, um, it was one of our uh, rare in-person interviews. And, um, what actually followed from that, uh, from that conversation was probably another two hours of chatting, uh, of catching up of us, you know, talking, um, even more in depth and further on our Uh, sort of experiences and sort of borderline adventures uh, working for various martial arts schools back in the 2000s. And after that conversation, um, I actually spoke to Andy again and he, you know, he expressed an interest in potentially becoming, uh, a, you know, a semi-regular, uh, co-host on the show. Um, so from next week's episode, what we're going to do is we're actually going to be, uh, chatting with Andy on a, on a semi-regular basis. Obviously, he's a very busy guy with multiple schools and tournaments and all the other things that he, he does. Um, but we're going to talk about his experiences, um, growing his school, the challenges he's faced. And, um, you know, uh, he, along the similar sort of lines to the, the things that I, we, what we realized was we both have, um, even though we run very, very different schools, we both faced similar challenges along the way. And we thought it would be good to um, share those with people um, that have had schools for, for many years, full-time schools or not, and people who are interested in building up their, their school, um, you know, share our experiences, both positive and negative, um, you know, just to to get that information out there. So uh, a couple of things extra things that we did I didn't actually talk about at the opening of the show uh, but I'm sure you all noticed or most of you will have noticed we've got a new logo um very very cool obviously it's in, integrating the elements of the the first logo which truth be told honestly um that that logo is actually well it's a, it's an animated um version of myself um, that a friend had made up for me, and uh, it's actually the design that goes in the back of the T-shirts for my for the kids group in my my club. And when I first launched the podcast, um, iTunes needed you to upload a, a logo, and I didn't have one. And that image was sat on my desktop, ready to get sent over to the printers. Um, so I just used it and didn't change it. And so everybody sort of got familiar with that logo design. Now, I'm sure many of you have noticed that there's the the script in the background of the image. is actually Taekwondo. Um, And this isn't a Taekwondo show. So I figured it was probably about time that I actually uh, got a proper uh, logo drawn up. So incorporating that image as it's already established, um, Victoria over at Calder Design and Marketing very, very kindly uh, whisked up that logo for us uh, in super quick time. So big thanks to her for that. Um, so that will be the logo that you'll be seeing now going forwards for the show. Now I'm actually in discussions at the moment with a number of companies uh, to get it put onto sort of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and keyrings and everything you can think of. Um, and I'm going to be putting that store up online. Um, so you know if you want to get get something, it'll help to cover the show costs. Now that I'm getting out and about more, you know, obviously that's fuel costs. That's you know all the all the all the different expenses involved with running the podcast. So if you want to buy something, that would be really cool. Um, and then especially if you go to an event and i see you in it i would probably die on the spot <laughs> that'd be so cool to see somebody wearing our podcast logo on something they've purchased that'd be really really cool um so i've mentioned andy i've mentioned the the logo the final thing to mention really before we go is our next guest um really really pleased to be able to announce that uh next week i'm going to be talking to the martial artist business owner Um, entrepreneur, uh, Mrs. Zara Fithian. Um, She's very, very kindly agreed to come onto the show. Um, Somebody I've known for a very long time. Um, We've actually worked on a, a number of productions together, but not at the same time. Um, we'll probably end up talking about this as well in in the interview but um, yeah really looking forward to having her on to talk about all things uh, martial arts business and obviously the film work and the other things that she's involved with as well so you can look forward to that one next week if you have any questions for her as always you can get us on our Facebook group Um, so if you look for Kickback Podcast on the uh, Facebook group and also if you go to kickbackpodcast.com you can send us an email through there or alternatively old fashioned you can send us a text or phone call at Seven eight zero two eight eight nine three nine one. Thanks again, guys. I hope you have a great weekend or a great day, whatever day it is wherever you are. And I will speak to you all next time.